My next guest is the founder of Theory Planning Partners. She offers holistic financial advice for seven and eight figure female entrepreneurs. Please welcome Caitlin Carlson. Welcome to the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Patricia Bourgeois, Certified Business Coach. I am here to help you up-level, generate consistent wealth, increase your confidence, attract dream clients, and master your mindset so that you can fully own your power and achieve next-level results in your online business and beyond. Every week, a powerful conversation will take place with amazing guests, or I'll share from my experience to help inspire you to start and scale the business of your dreams while being powerfully you. The time has come to stop playing small, stop hiding, and stop waiting. Now is the perfect time for you to passionately pursue your heart's desire as the powerful leader you were born to be. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I am here today with Caitlin. Hey, girl. Woohoo! So happy to be here, and thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited you're here. I cannot wait to dive deeper. Who is Caitlin? How did she get started? I know you do amazing things for women, so take us on our journey with you. <laughs> oh, wow. When you pose it like that, it's such an existential question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I guess we can start with uh, with where I'm from. So I'm originally from the Boston, Massachusetts area, northeastern part of the United States. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up in this area. I was an ice hockey player. So shout out to all the Canadians listening, if there are any. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I kind of grew up with this mentality that I could do anything that the boys could do. And mm. that has carried me throughout my life. So I ended up playing hockey in high school and college and always saw myself going into finance. But once I got into college, I became really fascinated by psychology Mm. and learning more about, um, you know, why we make the decisions that we do. And Mm -hmm. I was very intrigued by social psychology more than any of sort of like the abnormal stuff. Um, Mm. But I also, my grandfather was in finance and my dad was in finance and my grandfather bought me my first share of Disney when I was eight years old. And that kind of planted a seed in my head because I was, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was eight, I was so disappointed that I didn't get something tangible. Um, Mm -hmm. But my, my grandfather explained to me that that over a long period of time, um, that one share was going to turn into many Mm -hmm. and how that was going to make money for me. And I remember as a kid thinking, well, if I'm not working, then how how am I making money? And so (laughs) (laughs) he explained to me how the stock market worked. And so that put a seed in my head of interest Mm -hmm. about going into finance. And so yeah, so uh, once I graduated college, I, I did end up going right into the financial world. I started in asset management, um, which is like a, a sleeve of the finance industry. Um, and so I worked at Putnam Investments, which is a mutual fund company. And so Putnam sold their mutual funds through financial advisors. And so when I was at Putnam, I learned what financial advisors did. And I just loved the idea of being able to work with 
families and individuals and business owners to help them with Mm. their money and making educated and strategic money decisions. So my husband received a job opportunity after two years of being at Putnam. We actually met at our first job. (laughs) And um, so we moved down to Louisiana. We lived in New Orleans for four years. And that's when I made the jump over to becoming a wealth planner. And Mm. I got my accredited wealth management advisor designation and my certified financial planning designation. And I was in a two-year program there and worked with over 300 clients. So I got a lot of, um, I got a a lot of varied experiences. I worked Mm -hmm. with people that, especially down in Louisiana, um, had worked on an oil rig their whole life and had saved up for retirement. I also worked with a lot of business owners. And then eventually when I became an advisor myself, I ended up working in private wealth management. So that's when I started working with like the 1% of the 1% and really got exposed to um, the wealthiest people in the country and how they manage money and what they do to grow it and protect it and really like their whole mentality around um, how to steward their wealth. So um, it was a very male-dominated environment. Um, Mm -hmm. I had to deal with a lot of sexual harassment when I was down in the South and that really wore on me. over the four-year period that I was there. So we eventually moved back up to the Northeast and I joined a private wealth team up here for a short while, but I was really disappointed by the lack of women that I saw, not Mm -hmm. only in the office, like working alongside me, but none of the clients that I worked with were women. Mm -hmm. So of those 300 clients, not one of them was a self-made woman. And I thought, is this, (laughs) do they (laughs) exist? Are they out there? But it was just really, it wasn't fulfilling to me because Mm -hmm. I couldn't see myself in any of the people that I was working with. And um, and I was in an environment that just wasn't healthy for me anymore. I was really fatigued and burned out by that Mm -hmm. whole sexual harassment experience. So I ended up leaving and I co-founded a firm. And at that firm, I got my SEPA designation, my Certified Exit Planning Advisor designation, because I knew I wanted to work with business owners Mm -hmm. and I knew I wanted to help them learn how to build wealth alongside the growth of their business and prepare for an exit. Mm -hmm. Um, But that kind of kept leading me down a path towards working with middle-aged men. And so Mm -hmm. I really came to a crossroads of, am I still passionate about this? And if I am, then, you know, what's like, what's the solution here? And and when I started asking myself those questions, it was really, yes, I'm still passionate about the work, but I'm really not passionate about who I'm working with. Mm. And so it was actually my husband who asked me, he was like, you know, who do you love? And he kind of knew the answer to it already. <laughs> he was like, who would you love working with? And I said, I would love working with female entrepreneurs, female business owners. So he was like, why don't you just do that? So (laughs) lo and behold, I started Theory Planning Partners and now we work exclusively with seven and eight figure female entrepreneurs and I I haven't looked back since. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like this is amazing. And I love that, you know, you found what you loved and you went for it and you created your own, you know, way of of doing it and, and being able to work with women. Um, so 
I'm curious to know, like, what's the first thing you look at in order to help them generate wealth in their business? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, so, you know, one thing about being a business owner is there's so much trial and error. Mm -hmm. And for the first couple years, I really kind of sat in a place of perfection. And what I've had to come to learn is that entrepreneurship is just taking small steps and small steps and getting feedback, small steps and getting feedback. So mm. when I first started theory, it was even figuring out, you know, are these female entrepreneurs out there? And so um, fortunately the answer is yes. And, and it's growing. And I think in large part, thanks to technology and the internet, and certainly um, the pandemic has created a lot of opportunities for women to create their own businesses. Mm -hmm. But I did sort of have to play around with, you know, when is the right time for me to come in? And so mm. what I what I've realized is that I tend to be a really good fit for women who are making more money than they've ever made before. And they're really mm. not sure what to do with it. Like mm. they're making more money than their family's ever made, than their friends ever made. And, and one thing that I learned in working in private wealth, which was with ultra high net worth people, um, which in our industry at the time was categorized as people who had $10 million in liquid assets or above, um, is that a lot of it, a lot of the quality of the advice comes down to your network. And mm. so if you don't grow up with a network that teaches you how to foster wealth, then you can be steered in the wrong direction a lot of times. Mm. Um, but particularly for business owners, you know, one thing I learned is if your business is not financially healthy, then it's not laying a solid foundation for building personal financial mm -hmm. independence. So for my business owners there, or for my clients, they, they tend to either be high six figures, eclipsing seven figures or multi seven figures. And, um, the one, one new client just said this to me and I thought it was so perfect. She was like, I feel like I'm holding my financial life together with tape and glue and I don't think I can do that for much longer. Yeah. <laughs> and she's right. I think you get to a certain point in business where you need to build what I call a success team. And so two of the most vital people to that are, are first a, a good CPA. So a mm. CPA that can act as a strategist, but also a CFO of some sort. So whether mm -hmm. it's an outsourced CFO or someone you bring in house, but I've really found most of my clients derive so much value from an outsourced CFO. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's great about that from my standpoint is I start to collaborate with those people because they're coming at it. The CFO is coming at it from optimizing the health of the business. Mm -hmm. And I'm the one kind of looking at like the 30,000 foot view. And when I look at the 30,000 foot view, and I'm looking at your net worth as a business mm -hmm. owner, your, your business is a line item on your net worth statement, but it, it, and there's many other things in there too. So I'm looking at the entire picture, mm -hmm. but it typically ends up being the largest line item. And mm -hmm. so one thing that we do that's different is we take a very vested interest in making sure that you're optimizing the value of your business. And that means mm. running a financially healthy business. So that's where it's really important to have strong financial guidance on the yeah. inside of your business. And then my firm does, so, so we coordinate with the CFO, but we also 
make sure that we're looking at the big picture outside of that as well. So are there opportunities for you to be maximizing retirement accounts or saving into investment accounts? And of course, there are other goals that you want to achieve potentially like saving for a house or, um, you know, buying a boat and then Mm. making sure that one, that we're, we're investing. So we're starting to build some diversification away from the business um, and, and some financial independence away from the business. And then also as you're growing the successful company in your balance sheet or your net worth is getting bigger, that we're mm. protecting it as we go, because that's another mm. thing that often gets neglected. So we really try to optimize your entire financial life as a business owner mm-hmm. by taking a holistic approach and also cohesively and effectively communicating amongst your entire financial team. And so it might start out with the accountant, the CFO and me, but it could also grow to add, you know, an insurance person. And of course, Mm. if if you have a business, making sure that your legal matters are tied, tied up nicely. Mm. So having like a corporate attorney and then eventually potentially a state an estate planning attorney. And then if you're looking to sell your business, bringing in, um, a deal attorney and an investment banker. So mm. I kind of play that quarterback role and I'll say, mm. okay, based on where you are right now, this is, you know, you have a, a solid financial team. And then as we grow, we're going to need to mm-hmm. add X, Y, Z yeah. to that team. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That was great. Thank you for sharing all of this. It was <laughs> really, really insightful. Oh, um, good. I'm glad. Yeah. And I know that at every stage in business, there are more challenges. So what would you say is like the biggest challenge when women come to that point in their business where they're making like multiple seven figures? Like what's the the biggest mindset challenge you see happening? Oh, the biggest mindset challenge. Um, That's an interesting question. I mean, for so long as a small business owner, you wear all the hats. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that my firm helps alleviate is people just don't know who to go to when and for what. So Mm. because I've seen the path all the way through, like when I was working in my former career, we helped a lot of business owners exit their companies. So Mm -hmm. I've seen the path all the way through an exit and I've seen things done well and I've seen a lot of mistakes made too. So Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really just like you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So you're only as good as the advisors you're surrounded by. And um, I think it's kind of overwhelming to – you know, if you're a business owner, you it's inevitable that you kind of get sucked into the day to day. And it's very mm. rare that you have someone pull you out of that and take a step mm. back to focus on more strategic conversations. Like, yeah. why are you building this business? And where do you want it to go? And, and, you know, what do you want the value of it to be? Like, those are just questions that don't get asked mm-hmm. on a daily basis, because you're usually putting out yeah. fires. Um, and so you know, I think like you just mentioned before, it's kind of like new level, new devil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think it's making sure that the team that you're surrounded by is is competent in keeping up with those changes mm-hmm. or can at least forecast for you what's coming down the pike. And yeah. and that's that becomes more and more 
important and there's more and more at stake, the mm-hmm. more successful you become. So yeah, the earlier you can lay a solid foundation, um, the better. And, and some of yeah. it's just kind of a natural iterative process. Like I've seen yeah. a lot of people outgrow their CPAs, you know, mm. they might have started with like a small town person that does all the tax returns in that person's town. And, you know, <laughs> that's not going to cut it anymore. They need someone who's more specialized or someone yeah. who, who has deal experience. So I, I think the biggest thing is just, you don't know what you don't know. So it's trying to figure out, okay, who do I bring on? Who do I trust? And, and who do I take guidance from? It's probably, there's a lot of letting go, the more successful you become, which is kind of paradoxical in a way. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. So I ask this to everyone who comes on the show and I'm curious to know your answer. What does being a powerful leader mean to you? So I once heard a quote that um, the greatest... I think it was like the number one feature in great leaders was self-awareness. And I definitely agree with that because none of us are perfect and we all have strengths and weaknesses. And Mm -hmm. I have started to develop my own self-awareness over the last, actually really since I started my company and I've learned more about myself. Um, my mom was actually the one that introduced my family to the Enneagram. I don't know if you've ever taken that. Yeah, yeah. So what number are you? Do you know? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> it's been so long since I did it. Yeah. So there, okay. So with the Enneagram, there are nine types and I'm a three. And so threes are very, in the Enneagram, it's all about your subconscious motivation. So it's not really something that you can control on a conscious level. But mm-hmm. my subconscious motivation is success. And so threes tend to have a fear of failure. Um, mm-hmm. They tend to be like very task list oriented. And there are subtypes within them as well. But it's funny because it's more like when I started learning about the other types that I was like, wait, people think this way and like they view the world this way. And there are people that are motivated by this. Like it's Mm -hmm. just really such a powerful tool and can tell you so much about how other people think and are motivated and are wired. And it's really given me a tremendous amount of patience and understanding Mm. when I learn about someone else's number because, mm-hmm. you know, I might otherwise be like insulted or, or take something personally. And then when I realize, you know, someone's a five then I realize, oh, they're yeah. just, they're more of a critical thinker or mm. they're not as extroverted. So yeah, I think raising self-awareness has been um, a huge thing for me personally. And I, I tend to agree that the greatest leaders have a high level of self-awareness. Um, and I yeah. think, because of that, they're able to, again, it goes back to the team building. They're able to build great, great teams around them because, you know, you don't want a bunch of threes in the accounting department. You might want like a more detail oriented person Mm -hmm. or, you know, I think people can be like misplaced. And especially if you have employees understanding what they're motivated by, Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff really plays into creating a good culture and having a strong culture and a healthy, 
healthy employee retention is huge for, mm-hmm. I have a couple of clients that want to build their businesses to sell them. And I tell them all the time, company culture is one of the biggest yes. drivers, one of the biggest drivers of value. Amazing. Yeah. We can even go down the path of like human design and astrology <laughs> and all the, th- all the things. <laughs> so I love human design yeah. and and that was another thing that was really interesting. So I am a three, right? And and so yeah. threes are like very success driven. However, I'm also a projector. <gasps> really? Yes. And so <laughs> when I initially started my business, I kind of had a lot of self-loathing because, you know, projectors aren't wired to work 12 hour days. Yeah. Projectors <laughs> are meant to work like three to four hour days and then yeah. <laughs> go on a walk or take the dog out or something. So mm-hmm. that's also been really interesting because learning my human design has helped me balance mm-hmm. my energy more yeah. um, and figure out, you know, I think what's, do you know what your human design is? I'm a manifesting generator. Oh, I love it. Okay, so I looked at my son like two weeks after he was born (laughs) and he's a manifesting generator as well. Yay! Nanny gens are cool because you kind of get like the best of both worlds. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is awesome. Like you can have an idea and then you can take action on it. Just really. Yeah, people always ask me like, how do you do it all? I'm like, oh, I'm a nanny gen. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, it all makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's human design has been hugely instrumental for me. That's kind of what made me realize that I need to start doing more educating. Yeah. I love this so much. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of this. And I know people will want to like connect with you, message you, like where can they go to, to get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so feel free to visit my website. It's theoryplanning.com. It's a very simple website. Um, <laughs> and then I also just got back on Instagram um, under Theory Planning Partners. Um, awesome. So feel free to DM or follow or connect with me either of those ways. And then finally, I'm on LinkedIn as well as Caitlin Carlson. Awesome. Well, go follow Caitlin. She's awesome. Thank you again for coming on the show and sharing your amazing value. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. If you love this episode, make sure to spread the message, leave a review and subscribe. I would forever be grateful for you. I also want to hear from you and I want to know your feedback and your questions for future episodes. So don't be shy, say hi and send me a message at Powerful Female Leaders Podcast on Instagram. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode.